Hello and welcome to the Access of Space Defense and Security podcast. I'm Omkar Nikam, your host for this episode. In this podcast, we explore the latest developments and trends in the fields of space exploration, defense technology, and national security. Each episode features insightful interviews with experts and industry leaders who share their perspectives on a wide range of topics, including the latest advances in satellite technology, space exploration missions, military defense strategies, cybersecurity, and more. Whether you are a space enthusiast, a military professional, or someone interested in the latest innovation in technology and security, this podcast has something for you. Join us as we delve into the cutting-edge research breakthroughs that are shaping the future of space defense and security. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to episode 35 and 36 Race Against Time. intelligence dilemma and israel palestine conflict today to have a fresh look at this event uh, as well as some of the past aspects of this conflict too we have with us uh, a intelligence and security expert dr avner badnia hi avner welcome to the podcast hello omkar how are you i'm very happy to be with you i'm doing I'm great forward yes <laughs> yeah i really hope uh, things are fine at your place as well and uh, we really hope to receive more insights uh, from your end uh, because i have been mm-hmm. following your articles as well especially uh, some on some of the latest event uh, so yeah without any delay uh, let's uh, get into the topic uh, so yeah i i would say you know before starting with the actual topic uh, that we have for the today's episode can you briefly uh, firstly give us an overview of your uh, academic side and how you okay. ended up being uh, the in a position that you are at the moment in the intelligence and security domain okay so i was a member of the israeli security agency isa which is uh, responsible for the internal intelligence in israel including the uh, the uh, Judea and Samaria, you know, where we have around three million Palestinians, and also in Gaza Strip, with around two million. Uh, so the ISA is the, uh, is the intelligence agency, which is responsible mainly for counterterrorism, counterespionage, and counterextreme uh, subversion. And after I retired as a Brigadier General, I, I have done, I finished my PhD, which is uh, um, actually focused on intelligence failures. And uh, that's what I'm, I'm, this is my main issue of research. I'm member of the, uh, center of uh, national security studies in the university of haifa in israel and i'm writing quite a lot about uh, national security uh, focused on counterintelligence in various journals all over and uh, It's a quite intensive uh, research about this, uh, trying to see what what are the challenges, what has to be done in order to improve the uh, performance 
uh, of the ISA, I'm looking at it from outside, you know, it's a, it's a very different uh, uh, view uh, when you're inside the organization and outside, you know, many, yes. uh, many, uh, I would say, perspectives I, I, I lack many perspectives when I was inside. And only when yes. I retired and, and went out and looking at the counterintelligence from from another perspective, I see you know aspects that I didn't see before. And uh, in the uh, time of uh, overflow or overload of information, there is a lot of information that can be basis for for research. And the, so it's a it's an ongoing thing. And nowadays I am very very busy with the uh, latest. Maybe we'll talk about it later with the latest uh, terrible intelligence failure that we had on the seventh of October when Israel was attacked, uh, sudden attack, face sudden attack by the Hamas from from Gaza exactly fifty years and one day after we had something a similar failure with the Yom Kippur war, when we were surprised by the Egyptian and the Syrian yes. forces. So we are in a different situation right now, but unfortunately this failure happened again. Yes. And there is a lot of lessons that have to be drawn out of it. Yes, I believe you mentioned intelligence failure. So, you know, because we yeah. have a, broad range of audience on the podcast i cover space defense and security so the people who are even the working on the military satellite issues as well they are also the uh, one of the prime audience of the podcast uh, mm -hmm. so you know especially for them actually so can you please give us a brief context on the uh, of you know israel palestine conflict in general and then you know ah, we'll kick okay. off with I, the prime I... questions yeah Okay, so I will I will say that you know the conflict that we have with the Palestinians is going back many 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 years ago. Without people say maybe even hundred years ago, but actually it became more more intensive since 1967 when we had the, what is called the Six Day War, when Israel uh, actually was attacked by Jordan and Egypt and Syria. And we took uh, uh, lands from from these three countries: the uh, Ramata Golan from Syria, the Judea and Samaria from Jordan, and the Gaza Strip and the uh, Peninsula of Sinai from Egypt. But since since then, we had a peace treaty with Egypt and Jordan since 1993. And with okay. Syria, we don't have yet any uh, any uh, closure to the conflict, but they are not active active against the against us. Uh, recently, more, but uh, but it's not you know a kind of a it's a tense situation, but it's not boring us so much. Although in the last months they suddenly became more 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 active. And the main challenge of us is the um, Palestinians in, in Judah and Samaria and in Gaza. What ha actually happened is that in Judah and Samaria, we have a military a rule, military rule on in this uh, area with around 3 million Palestinians, while in Gaza Strip, where 
there are two million Palestinians. Actually, in 2006, Israel uh, withdrew from, from Gaza. We had the uh, intensive uh, military uh, forces okay. and even some Jewish settlements. It's all, uh, we, we left everything behind and Israel is now on the border between us and Gaza Strip. And what happened is that we have a, a, a quite a good relations with the Palestinian Authority since the early 90s, while in, in Gaza, since 2007, it's controlled by the Hamas, who is a religious organization, very, very, uh, very anti-Israeli, anti-Jewish people, and not ready to any to any uh, compromise and they have in, the, yes. uh, in their agenda even to destroy Israel. So the, cons the, 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 the conflict with the Hamas in uh, Gaza is very, very significant. While in the Judah and Samaria, yes. sometimes we have, we have a lot of uh, activity of counter-terrorism, but we keep the situation under control there. Okay. So this is the 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 the, the structure of the conflict uh, right now. We have peace treaty with Egypt, peace treaty with Jordan, and it makes our lives much easier. But still, there are a lot of uh, challenges that yes. we are facing all the time. Yeah, and uh, you know, just to take a deep dive into the similar uh, on the similar lines, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I have seen uh, from my personal experience as well. Like, you know, the collecting information and, you know, then feeding the information uh, through the intelligence channels, it's also challenging. But, you know, what are the key challenges, especially in monitoring and preventing terror attacks in the context of Israel-Palestine conflict, I would say? Uh, because I believe in general as well, collecting information, of course, it has its own risk. Uh, but implementing it, monitoring mm -hmm. it, and mm -hmm. kind of, you know, preventing uh, such a havoc of attacks, uh, what does it take? What are the prime challenges involved in this mm -hmm. process? Okay. You know, since the establishment of Israel in 1948, the intelligence became very, very uh, critical, uh, um, critical component in the uh, national security conception of Israel. And the reason is that the relatively, the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces are quite small but we have a very huge uh, um, forces which are res in reserve, meaning that we are, they are, we are calling them, they are trained around a month, a year, and we are calling them in, in time of crisis. But the whole yes. concept is based on early warning, meaning that if a country want, intends to, to attack Israel, the intelligence have to give a warning of uh, at least 48 hours, so we will have enough time to recruit the uh, reserves, because the reserves are the main uh, forces in the in the uh, in the Israeli uh, defense forces, and not those who are who are, who are serving as regular uh, in regular okay. service. So. The, the outcome of, of what I'm saying now is that since the establishment of Israel, intelligence was very a major component in the uh, yes. 
national security. And this went on from 1948 up to now. Obviously, in, before the peace treaty with Egypt and Jordan, uh, we were more concerned about a possible attack by, by these two countries. But since the peace treaty with them, it's, it's not a, a, a problem anymore. But still, yes. we have a major problem with the Hezbollah in Lebanon, which actually um, are active against Israel since the mid-80s. And in the last uh, 20 years, they are very much under the control of Iran. And actually, they are like a proxy of Iran. They are doing what Iran is, is, uh, is ordering them to do. And there are also okay. some of these units also in, in our uh, mutual border with, uh, with Syria. So uh, Hezbollah became also, in addition to Hamas, Hezbollah in, in, the, in South Lebanon, in the north of Israel, became a major challenge. And uh, we had a few uh, a conflict clashes with the Hezbollah as well as with the Hamas. And from the Israeli national uh, security conception, we don't, we prefer not to, not to be engaged in two fronts at the same time. So now okay. when we are engaged in a, in a war with Hamas and we have some small uh, clashes with the Hezbollah in the northern part of Israel, we are we are considering not to uh, that, that this situation will not re, uh, become a, another a war or another front. So, um, so intelligence is 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 very very critical for us for so many for so many years, and we are very and and the basis of this uh, conception is that uh, the intelligence has to be so strong that it will be able to give us an early warning of, uh, as I said before, 48 hours before anyone of our neighbors will, will attack us. Otherwise, yes. it will be difficult for us to, to, to retaliate because it takes around 48 hours to recruit the, uh, the uh, reserve forces. Now, for example, yes. when we are engaged in a war with Hamas, the uh, number of, of uh, reserve, reservists in, in that front is around 250,000, which are all okay. civilians that have been recruited for this purpose. And at the end of the war, they will be released and go back to their families and to their business activity and so on. Okay. So intelligence is so much for us. And, and a lot of the uh, Israeli uh, national security budget is uh, is um, allocated to intelligence to gathering of intelligence uh, okay. okay yes and, and I, we i'll speak in, in a few minutes about the problems of analysis yes and yes. the okay. so the, obviously the gathering of um, of uh, of in, intelligence of information is not enough you have to need a very yes. strong analytical capabilities in order to understand what is in, in to, to be able to 
evaluate the, the, the standard or the, the strengths of this rate. So, yes. but I will speak about it in a minute about, about what happened to yeah. us recently with the Hamas. Yes. And uh, it, it is really good that you tried to mention about the hierarchy as well. So, you know, just out of curiosity, uh, you mentioned about Israel Securities Authority, uh, from which, you know, uh, you had also actually been associated with them. Mm -hmm. uh, so does Mossad and Shinbeth are under this umbrella or they are like completely different agencies? No, no. The Shinbeth is what I mentioned before is the ISA, Israel Security Agency. Okay. They are... They are, uh, uh, as well as the, the, the ISA is responsible for internal intelligence, while the okay. Mossad is, is responsible for, for external, external intelligence, yeah. okay? But both of them are working very closely with the IMI, the Israeli mili military uh, uh, agency of the Israeli military uh, uh, yeah, yeah. intelligence. And which is in Israel, the IMI is responsible for the national uh, estimate, okay? Meaning okay. that in order to the, the IMI, the Israel military intelligence is um, delivering and sharing its estimates with the government, with the government around about the, uh, the challenges. And in that process, the ISA in the Mossad are taking place. Although the okay. IMI is under the Minister of uh, Defense, while the Mossad and the ISA are directly under the Prime Minister. But still, right. the, the cooperation between these three components of the Israel intelligence community is very, very close and, and strong. Okay. And uh, it is really great that you mentioned about this complete foundation of the uh, intelligence agencies because I believe this has been built on the past failures as you mentioned uh, there have been some failures in the past and based on that mm -hmm. we started developing the intelligence agencies and you know yeah. like fast forwarding it back to October 2023 uh, when this event happened recently so do you think Hamas already planted its people and infiltrated Israel's territory uh, for the past year to carry out a multi-domain attack because I believe this was not just an attack through the missile. It was through land, air, and sea. I mean, all the domains were utilized. Uh, I'm not sure about the space domain, uh, mm -hmm. whether it was utilized or not. But at least I believe land, air, and sea multi-domain attack was carried out by then. So do you think they already had infiltrated the territory? Uh, you know, in, in order to attack the uh, settlements, which are around the border with Gaza, there are around... 22 uh, settlements there, which all of them has been attacked in one time. Okay. Around 3,000 uh, Hamas uh, people, soldiers actually, okay, have taken part in this. M most, most of them at the end have been killed by the IDF and a few hundreds of them went back to, uh, to Gaza. And, okay. and they took the around 240 hostages, most of them civilians, but some of them are uh, military soldiers. And a few have been stayed in Israel and order for further attacks. But we believe that most of them have been have been uh, um, um, 
healed since in various clashes in, uh, inside Israel. And we tend to believe that there are no more Hamas, uh, uh, let's say, operatives in, in Israel itself. But the attack, when they attack Israel on that day of the 7th of October, around 3,000 people were able actually past the, the fence. There, there was, there was there a huge fence which they overcome and they entered to Israel. And the uh, purpose was to kill as many Israelis as they can, either, you know, old people, young people, soldiers, and so on. And also to take hostages to uh, back to, to, to Gaza in order to negotiate afterwards with Israel to see what Israel will be ready to give them in exchange for these 240 hostages. This is okay. the situation we are, we, that we are facing right now. Um, right. And of course, the, uh, the, the, uh, still there is a lot to investigate how it happened to us, but now we know, and it's not final, the, the, his, the Hamas was um, training for this attack for around a year. And we had very few signals uh, about it. We didn't have early warning on, on before the 7th uh, of, of October. It was a total uh, um, surprise for, for, for Israel. And from yes. the intelligence that we have gathered from those who have been killed and their bodies uh, have been left in Israel, we saw that they have actually very good uh, intelligence about, about the uh, settlements that when they came into an order to attack there. And most of this information seems to have been gathered from the open space. For example, we saw a lot of, of uh, photos of the settlements which have been yes. taken from satellites. They are very good, yes. very good resolution. And it's uh, yes. so uh, we don't know yet how much they actually have been penetrated into Israel. You know that the border between Gaza and Israel is 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 locked, is, is closed. Very few employees from Gaza were allowed to work in Israel. Usually they're working in a very uh, simple uh, works like in the fields, agriculture and so on. They didn't have any, as far as we know, they didn't have any access yes. with, uh, you know, with uh, sensitive installations and so on. They were very yes. simple workers and mostly in agriculture. Yes. And uh, I mean, just to kind of, you know, uh, I would say a step forward and take a deep dive into the internal affairs as well of Israel. So uh, mm -hmm. we have seen like, you know, the protests have been happening in Israel uh, since past year as well. So do uh, you believe that Israel's current government is inclined towards extreme right? And uh, because of this, uh, what implications a, it had on the on the current conflict, basically? It's a very, very good question, Ankara. Thank you so much. You know, the, we have since uh, yeah. uh, December uh, last year, we have a very extreme right government here. 
And immediately when they took power, they decided they want to change the um, legal system in Israel. But actually, when you look at it, you know, in more details, it's actually to to uh, change not just the legal system, but to make Israel uh, another country, not a, a demo liberal demo dem democracy as we are. Okay? And they started, and the focus of their activity was not on security, on uh, economics, and so on. The focus was how they will be able to pass new laws that will give them uh, uh, much more power, and actually they enabled them to stay in power for many, many years because they wanted to change the uh, court system, the legal system, the political system, so, so on. And there was a huge, as a result of that uh, steps that have been taken by this government, there was a huge uh, uh, protest and demonstration all over the country. And uh, because people felt that the uh, the essence of Israel is changing, Israel was established in 1948 as a demo as a democracy, liberal democracy with uh, rights for everyone, uh, every citizen of, of Israel, and we were facing a, an intentions to change it dramatically. Now. Uh, how it affected the uh, the uh, national security, you know, as I said before, many of the reservists in Israel, uh, they are served by law up to the age of 35 or something like this. And afterwards, you, you can volunteer if you want, yeah. up to the age of 50, 55 even. And many okay. of the reservists who are in the process, who are in the in the level of, of volunteering, said that they will not serve a country which is not a democracy anymore. And they said that if something will happen, okay, if there is a crisis, they will uh, uh, immediately uh, participate in the uh, in the national effort. But otherwise, they are objecting this. Uh, this uh, new direction of the government, and actually, when 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 this uh, when the the, the uh, Israeli force, military force, was recruited, many of these people who object the government immediately uh, start to serve in the in the IDF. But the, the during the this year, the the Israeli intelligence had a few indications that the, okay. uh, our enemies, mainly the Hamas and the Hezbollah, uh, which is both are uh, uh, supported by Iran, feel that Israel maybe is becoming weaker than it was before. And maybe this is a, 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 an opportunity for them to take advantage of this situation. And the head of the, uh, of the IDF and the heads of the Israeli intelligence community actually warned yes. the prime minister and his uh, as his uh, uh, leading ministers, cabinet ministers, that the situation is that Israel is under threat because our enemies feel suddenly that they can, uh, that maybe Israel is not so strong as it was before. But the government 
and the prime minister wouldn't listen to them. They thought yes. that this is a, a maybe a kind of disinformation, I mean, kind of, of a political consideration behind it, and the government didn't do anything about it. And, yes. um, and, the, and, and so we found ourselves on the 7th of October in a situation when the Hamas and, and Iran, and maybe we don't know yet, the Hezbollah, are feeling that they can take an advantage of the situation of Israel, but from what we can see up to now, they were totally wrong, because after this attack on the 7th of October, the whole country has been mobilized in order to, to, uh, to, um, to uh, participate yes. in a war, in order to win, and different than it was before, to remove the Hamas from their positions in Gaza. And that's why this war is going to be quite long and very fierce, because you have to uh, find the leaders and the major commanders and so on in order to eliminate them. Okay. You've mentioned about Iran, and I'm coming mm. to that question now. Uh, because you really mentioned completely about what really went wrong in preventing this attack. Mm -hmm. uh, it was, of course, that, you know, the government didn't took care of the prior intelligence that was coming in. And do you think uh, Iran is responsible for supporting and meddling in Israel's security affairs, which might have, you know, given Hamas an opportunity to carry out such a massive attack? We, we don't know yet if Iran was actually involved in the decision to attack Israel on that day. Okay. But we know for sure that for many, many, up to it's now many years actually, that the uh, Iran is supporting Hamas and Hezbollah with equipment, military equipment. And, uh, and there are and also funding, financing, okay? And they are sending beyond them as they consider Hezbollah and Hamas as a proxy for Iran in order to attack Israel while the, the Iranians say publicly, you know, they don't, they, 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 they mention it so many times that they want to um, destroy Israel. We don't know, actually, I have yes, to tell yes. you, we don't know exactly what is the reason for that because, you know, yes. Iran is far from Israel. What they have against yes. us, we don't know, but they yes. are saying it again and again. They're, they're a mission is to destroy Israel. And for this, they are using Hezbollah, Hamas, and they also have some militia uh, uh, forces yeah. in Syria and uh, mainly in Syria, and in, in our border with Syria. So, yes. so Iran didn't uh, give the order to Hamas this, that morning, now attack. But they are strongly support them, and there are we have also intelligence. They, the the um, uh, operatives from Hamas have been trained in in uh, in Iran, or or even Iranian instructors have come uh, clandestinely to Gaza to train there, and they give yes. them a lot of of. Um, instructions how to uh, they actually told them 
how to act as military force and not okay. as, a, as, a, as a group of terrorists. And this is the major change that Hamas have done in the last one, two years. Suddenly they became commando forces and not just, you know, a traitors, a, a, terror, a terrorist who are, you know, everyone is acting by his own. There is no, you know, any coordination, any control and so on. It's not like this. They are now like a military forces in every country. Thank you for listening to episode 35. The further part of the conversation will be continued in episode 36. So I kindly request you to hop on to episode 36 and enjoy the further part of the conversation because we are going to discuss some more elements of this conflict and some deep dive into the topics of the Israel's internal affairs. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you find our podcast insightful, then please like, share and subscribe. See you in the next episode. Thank you.